0: From NAB, Glenn Mulcahy talks about mobile journalism, where it's been, where it is, and where it's going. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide ensures only secure devices can access your cloud apps. It's zero trust, tailor made for Okta. Book a demo today at collide.com/slash Mac Mac Voices is at NAB in Las Vegas. I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, I stumbled across Glenn Mulcahy. Um, I'm giving him the title of the Mojo Guy, and I'm not sure how he feels about that, but I want to introduce you to him and let him tell you why he's the Mojo Guy. Glenn, it's great to meet you. Pleasure
1: to meet you too, Chuck. Thanks so much for the chance to chat. So why the Mojo Guy? Yeah, I've been called a lot worse, I suppose, (laughs) but um, I've been in this space... Very close to the beginning. In fact, you could even argue a little bit before it. I was playing with kind of Nokia smartphones and things even before the iPhone came along. But I would say... We were probably one of the few stations in Europe that were pretty early adopters. We started playing with phones accidentally, to be fair now, in about 2009. And by 2012, we had a team in our newsroom that were basically producing content with mobile phones on a continuous basis. Um, and now there is a dedicated team that every single day are out shooting with phones, editing with iPads, and putting stuff on television and web and social media, the whole lot. So, so
0: we should make very clear that Mojo refers to mobile journalism, yes. nothing else. Yes. Um, So, yeah, and and I I find it fascinating that you adopted this so earlier. You had the vision to see what it could become, even when the technology wasn't quite there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to say it was a great strategic thing, but I, I would definitely be putting your leg there. I mean, I was actually a trainer that used to teach broadcast journalism with large broadcast cameras and laptops for editing and, you know, the full, the full Monty. And I, I was on a course, basically, overseas training journalists in Europe, and uh, I started to play with the iPhone. And it was kind of a little bit of just mischievousness on my part. I shot a piece, I cut it at the, at the time an iMovie, because LumaFusion wasn't around back then, and I sent it into our newsroom via the ingest room, and it didn't t- say it was shot on the phone. I said, here's a piece from the course that we are doing over in Budapest. No, you know, I mean, never know what you think and it just passed when when it wasn't flagged as, as phone footage they didn't they just went yeah it's fine can you hear it yeah i can you see it yeah fine done um and then when i came back i kind of said to the head of news and technology um might want to show you something because this is this is going to be a talking point for sure now as you can imagine it was like a, a lead balloon once it got out <laughs> what i had done it didn't go on air at that stage which is something i would have been fired otherwise uh, but by 2012 we did something similar we put a piece on television without telling anyone and after it was broadcast, we, we, we took it on the chin and did the whole year of negotiations with the unions and everything. But I, it, it's important to say, like, I'm not, I'm not the kind of blind evangelist who sort of says, you know, just get rid of all the traditional structure, like all you need is phones to do broadcast TV. I'm not that guy. But what I am is a pragmatist. You know, I mean, I've, I've worked in situations where gear has always been the biggest single failure in the newsroom in the sense that there's never enough of it. You know, you might have 100 journalists, but only 30 crews. So you put mobile phones in the field, you have 130 crews now, potentially, you know what I mean? Um, And I think that's where there's a huge opportunity. But one really interesting point for me is, you know, I've come from broadcast, but I left broadcast a few years back. I kind of think where the real potential of mobile going forward is building something new from the ground up. Because the whole, all all my energy in broadcast was spent trying to put a square peg into a round hole, because, you know, the, the way you do TV was well established by then. But actually, what mobile does is it's an entire ecosystem in its own right. You don't necessarily need to put it on the telly for it to have value. And as our audience behaviors change and they move more to on-demand and online and on social, mobile is the perfect tool for that market.
0: Recognizing we have some really great tools to shoot some really great video, it seemed like, I I don't know, time. the the pandemic kind of changed everybody's perception of time. But there were... I, I noticed more and more that uh, we started to see Skype videos and Skype interviews. And that was pre-pandemic. Yep. And people were very accepting of it. The quality wasn't there. Certainly not what you can get with an iPhone now. Mm-hmm. But it became a pretty regular kind of thing. Yep. And now we've gone beyond that. And now if you, if you look bad on a Skype video, it's your fault because you're not.
1: Yeah, you haven't you know, done your homework yeah, and your connection's bad. and Yeah. yeah and, and
0: look, sometimes, you know, the connection is the issue, not the, not the gear. but where are we going with this? I mean, do you, you just said, you know, you're not advocating fire the, the news crews, and I'm not either, so don't, no, no emails, folks. But we saw, um, and it's been a little while now, when newspapers fired a lot of their photographers, handed their their journalists phones and said go
1: go take photographs yeah i I remember that chicago sun times was i think one of the first i remember when it dropped because that was one of the great case studies that was pushed back at me for this is what happens when we do this if you this is what you're advocating for but again you know, there are specific broadcast standards that have to be adhered to. The American Association, the European Association have defined what is acceptable for broadcast and what is not acceptable for broadcast. And as television infrastructure is built right now, everything is chosen on being in line with those specifications. OK, mobile phones have had a massive evolutionary leap, particularly, I would say, in line with the pandemic. Like we've come along long way in the sense that, you know, we have... Uh, cinema mode basically in the phone so you have kind of almost shallow depth of field that rivals the dslr movement from a few years previous we have ProRes on a phone which is insane so the whole technology argument goes away but there's still some shortcomings okay to be honest it's still not the perfect tool i often get people come courses with mine who are sports journalists and wanted to do a match with their phone and i'm like going it's not actually the right camera i'm really sorry but i'm not going to blow hot air or anything If you're standing on the sidelines, you're not going to be able to get close enough with quality to pick off a single player in the pitch. That infrastructure is not there yet. Big asterisk, but yet. Maybe coming soon, according to the rumors I'm hearing here. But anyway, we'll we'll park that one. Um, So where I think the opportunity, and you touched on it right there, is if you think about what has happened with a lot of local press around the world, where the business model just failed to be... It it, it just was no longer kind of viable. You know, the the cost of printing effectively drove so many of those papers out of business. And then the second whammy was the Internet basically took all their audience. So they didn't have a viable business model anymore. But that loss of the local voice, that loss of accountability from having journalists on the ground at a local level, is definitely starting to show the negative consequences now. So where there is a real opportunity for mobile is that you basically start to build a brand new type of newsroom. And it could be a case study that could be very, very quickly adopted in other places around the world, where you basically empower journalism students straight out of college, you know, you'd need funding, but you wouldn't need anything like you need for a TV station. And you put 10 or 15 boots on the ground with a local brief, and you basically have, with just a phone and a few cheap accessories, to be fair, a full ecosystem for, you know, content creation, production, and publication. And suddenly you can start to build a brand new local kind of business, a a local news business that is sustainable. And that can be multimedia. And that is where very few people have really embraced it so far. And the next Rubicon, and it's it's been dropped in two days' time by the folks here behind me in Lumetouch, is this idea of being able to do a home-built studio where you can do a multi-cam shoot with no third-party switches or anything, just a couple of phones, and basically create an entire show. So you could literally do your entire local news, web TV show, on a a minuscule budget with just a couple of phones and a couple of creative people and yet that really hasn't been, I believe at least, fully embraced or anywhere near exploited to its full potential.
0: No, I would agree. In fact, I think there's a huge opportunity there as we've seen the larger news organizations go out um, to to eat up other people. Uh, Local... I uh, can't say the word local newspapers have dis- all but disappeared, disappeared yeah. uh, you know even local tv stations are being pushed more and more to carry national oriented content instead of local content because of the cost
1: of producing local content exactly yeah and that and that is the fundamental challenge that we have i think The one thing about broadcast I still think is a great medium for getting the message out to a lot of people. It it still has that. But as you see audience behaviors change more to like on demand and being selective about the niche and type of content that they want, mobile brings a perfect solution to the table for addressing that market demand and it's extremely cost efficient and I mean it's great to be at an event like this where we're seeing the next generation of journalism students basically embrace this technology show the potential to push the boundaries and show it can be proven and so I think you know there's still a very very bright future ahead for mobile I don't think we're anywhere near it getting old as you keep seeing in the papers, oh, mobile's over it's all AI now, I don't think we're there yet now.
0: No, I agree, hey I, I, I really appreciate all the time but I want to make sure we touch finally on what you're doing what projects you have in the works. I know you're here with several different companies, but what are you doing to help push this forward?
1: I'm still training. So when I left my role in broadcast, I basically set up my own business to do professional training. Most of my clients are broadcasters, so I've worked with CNN and Al Jazeera, BBC and other big media brands. The market is shifting, which is, I think, arguably a good thing in the sense that I think we're perhaps reaching, certainly in Europe anyway, a point of saturation where in-house trainers are being established and it's become normalized now not too sure the states has hit that level just yet so there's an opportunity I'm not saying I'm moving over here anytime soon but I'd be open to it Um, but what these guys are bringing is, is continue to push the boundaries so the whole time that I was involved in the early days of the ecosystem, I was always trying to find end-to-end solutions, okay? So we know, and I'm sure you're familiar with Filmic Pro, right? So mm-hmm. what Filmic has done, particularly in the last year with the new iterations of version 7, are tremendous. Uh, the, the feature that, I don't know if they told you yet, but the, the new look table import feature that they're about to drop is, you know, match it to bigger, higher-end, professional cameras. That's a big deal, right, in the pipeline. Luma Touch going with multicam. You know, six cameras basically can be synced, auto-synced in the timeline. Multicam edited and exported as a clip is a huge step forward as well. And then these guys, MyMojo, which I'm I'm also involved with, um, they have an app coming to market to help you send your high-quality mobile footage back to your newsroom but can be transcoded in the cloud. You have all the metadata to travel with it. So you now effectively, in a box with just three apps, have an entire end-to-end ecosystem. And it can be used for broadcast because you'll hit the bit rates and the bandwidth and all the other stuff they need. But it can be used by you or me as just average users as well. It's not, you know, it's available to all, but very much targeted at the high end.
0: It's amazing what is happening and how fast it's happening.
1: That is it. Iteration is is huge. I think the, the most important thing is... There is a disruptive wave coming with AI, and I think all of us just need to be aware where the potential of that is, rather than necessarily being just completely knocked off our axis effectively. Um, and I think a lot, just from chatting to some of the brands, everyone's very conscious of it. So I think, watch this now. I think in the next 12 months, you're gonna see a big, big shift towards audio, post-production enhancement just on the device. So, you know, microphones and everything else. They will suffer from background noise and all the rest, but AI has some amazing ability to restructure sound. It will eventually, I think within 12 months, get to the point that you might not even need a microphone for a smartphone to be able to record an interview because the processing will be so good using AI. So there's still very exciting things to come.
0: If people want to know more about you, what you're doing, maybe want to hire you or move you over here, um, what's the best way to get, for them to touch base with you?
1: Uh, you know, I'm, in spite of Mr. Musk attempting to kill it, I'm still active on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a blue tag anymore, but that's okay. Uh, that's probably the best way, to be honest. I'm pretty active on Twitter. So I'm at Glenn B. Mulcahy, because some other Glenn Mulcahy in the States got it. He's a championship boxer. That's not me. But if you put the B in, you'll find me pretty quick. So yeah.
0: Gwen, thank you so much for the time. Really, really pleasure.
1: appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you.
0: Folks, we'll have more from NAB in Las Vegas. I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices